Welcome to Speak the Truth and Love. Okay, sorry. I thought you. Sorry. Welcome to Speak the Truth and Love with Clint Day from St. Simons Island, Georgia on WCGA 1100, where we do speak the truth and love based on Ephesians 4.15. In today's woke PC culture, there are many forces that want to stop free speech, especially for people of faith. Good men and women must be willing to stand up for their faith and be the salt and light to preserve our freedom. True freedom comes from faith in Jesus Christ. In John 8, 32, God's word says, the truth will set you free. Today, I'd like to welcome you, friends, and I just want to talk to you a little bit more about just getting involved and being involved with the political process and letting your voice be heard. So many people feel like there's nothing they can really do. There are things that are attacking them, if you will, their faith every day, and yet they're willing to stand on the sidelines and allow it to happen. And one of the things that always amazes me is how can a Christian, someone that's a really born-again believer, that believes in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, can vote Democrat? I just don't understand it. And I will say this right now, right from my heart. I realize neither party is perfect. Our system in this country has evolved to what it is. We basically have a two-party system. But when I look at the platforms, when you look at the Democrat platform, and the Republican platform, there is a distinct difference, especially for people of faith. And so when you go to vote this time, I know a lot of you have grown up in traditions of we've always voted Democrat or we've always done this or that, and I want to encourage you to really look at the platforms. And I know as my, in my own life, um, as a younger man in the 80s, early 84, I guess, was a first convention I went to. I went to a Democratic convention. I had family members that were obviously long-term Southern Georgia Democrats. And even in 1984, the Democrat Party was really going early stages of very, very far left. And I think about going to San Francisco. I'm over there with, with one of my brothers, as a matter of fact. And we're outside the convention hall. We're waiting for Jesse Jackson to go speak. And whether you like Jesse Jackson or not, it was an amazing, he's an amazing speaker. So it's interesting to hear what he has to say. But we're waiting outside, and we see the first uh, gay, lesbian, transvestite, whatever kind of parade I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen anything like that. And so I'm telling my brother, quite frankly, I just want to stand out here and kind of laugh a few more minutes because I can't believe what I'm watching. And we think it's bad today what they're doing. It was tame back then. I mean, it was really much more tame than the things they're doing today. And it's just an indicator of how we evolve if we're not careful toward a more evil society and that debased point of view. But when I think about I was there at that convention, I remember, you know, we were trying to be, quote, Southern Republicans or Southern Democrats. And I remember we were at the wharf, the San Francisco wharf, and we were having dinner. And we had our blue blazer and our khakis on. Again, pretty much a southern uniform, if you would. A lot of people wear those khaki pants and the blue, blue jacket. And we're standing there watching all, a lot of things going on, and some young Democrats, goofy-looking <laughs> geeks looking with their glasses, you know, whatever, however you want to describe them, look at us and go, oh, young, Republican, young Republicans, you can spot them a mile away. And we're like, oh, no, we're Southern Democrats. I mean, we're trying to fit in. 
So that happened, and I'm just, I come back from that, you know, I'm a young man, I'm, I guess I'm 25, and I'm just going, this was just, these people were weird, man. And, I, you know, I mean, I know people keep telling me they're Southern Democrats still in the Democratic Party, but quite frankly, I didn't, I didn't see many of them there. And so I come back, and, you know, I get into my routine, my job, whatever. And then four years later, I'm married by then, and I'm uh, still trying to figure out my politics, you know, because I've got a lot of family and friends in the Democratic Party. They can open up doors for me that in the Republican Party I wouldn't have. So I'm still thinking about it. So I go, and I had been involved with uh, Operation Rescue. And I'd been, I'd, I mean, I was a zealot for the pro-life position. And I'd been real involved with that, and I was watching all the dynamics of that around Atlanta, you know, people getting arrested and doing things in front of abortion clinics. As a matter of fact, I actually did that. I sat in front of a abortion clinic and spent a weekend in an Atlanta jail because of trespassing. And I, I, I kind of wish I hadn't have done it because, you know, you only get one NOLO. So that was the NOLO I used. Of course, I, Lord willing, I'll never need it again. But when I'm sitting in, in that prison, I'm just going, this is an amazing thing going on. And then the, the Democrat convention comes to Atlanta. And now I'm this hard, you know, I'm committed pro-lifer, expecting the first baby. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm a big believer. This is, this is real, you know, and. Actually, the first baby might have been just, just, she just might have been born, as a matter of fact. But prior to that, my pro-life position had solidified as I watched my baby developing, our baby developing in, in uh, their mom's womb. And so I'm sitting there going, we're going to the Democratic Convention in Atlanta. And I remember there were more uh, Southerners there, if you will, because, you know, it was closer to Georgia and easier for Alabama, whatever, to get there. And I was, I was kind of encouraged. I was looking around, I was going, hey, there's some more blue jackets in here. There's some more uh, khaki pants. And, you know, there's a few more, but they're st still kind of interesting. Well, finally, I'm sitting there with my children's mother at the time and, and my other family members that are involved with the Democratic Party. They're all trying to get me to be involved. And, and I'm sitting there going, this is, this is looking a little bit better. Well, this Orthodox priest came up from the Greek Orthodox Church in Atlanta on Claremont Road, major, massive Greek Orthodox community in Atlanta, and this is a ma major church in Atlanta. And he's in his attire, and he's all dressed up, got the big thing on his head, you know, unlike the Southern Baptists that I grew up in. And so the formality was just incredible. But the, the man comes up, and he gives a prayer, and it's an incredible prayer. I mean, it's just spot on. I'm like, wow, this is pretty good. And all of a sudden, somebody starts ya yelling about him praying and not allowing him to pray in quiet. And I'm like, this is just totally disrespectful. Who the heck is this? So I, I turn around after the prayer, and these, these gay guys are behind me about five, six rows, holding a sign up saying, I'm gay and I'm proud and I'm pissed. And I'm like, look, if you can't even allow a man to say a prayer, what does that say about this party? What is going on with this party? I mean, this is Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, this is a dynamic leader in our community. He's at your, your convention because I guess he's a Democrat, and you can't even respect the man and allow him to say a prayer in a public meeting that he was invited to do. You can't even reverence him enough to allow him to do that. And I looked at uh, my wife at the time, and I just said, that's it. I can't be here. These people, I have no ability to relate to them.
I just don't understand their worldview. And that solidified it for me. And it's hard to believe it's been 40 years since that happened, and I guess 36 years since the, uh, the Atlanta Convention happened. And you think about where our country has come the last 40 years and what we're calling right and what we're calling wrong and how many people, like uh, Isaiah 520 talks about, they'll call things that are wrong right and things that are right wrong. And the scripture's right there saying it. That's going on with Isaiah. And there's another part in Isaiah 6.13 where it talks about only the remnant, 10%. He uses the term, 10% will listen to what Isaiah is trying to say to them about where their country is and how God is sending woes. He's, he's trying to tell you what's going to happen. And if you don't change, this is going to happen. And then he warns us. He tries to warn us every time what is going to happen. And only 10% of the people listen to him. And then today, I've said this statistic before on this program, that I've heard only 10% of American Christians read the Bible every day. And so if only 10% of the Christians are reading the Bible every day, that's a remnant, like Isaiah 6.13. Think about where the society's going if we don't get a clue and start turning back to God. And so when I think about, again, Democrat, Republican, and again, I don't want to be down on anybody. I'm just saying to you, if you are a committed, born-again, believing Christian, and neither party's perfect, but when you look at the platform, you have to vote Republican. And they say there's over 4 million Christians, evangelical Christians, that have just stayed out of the election process, four million of us. And think about it. Biden won three key states that would have forced it into a tie on the Electoral College, Georgia, Arizona, and and Wisconsin, by less than 44,000 votes. And we got four million Christians sitting on the sideline. Now, I'm just telling you, folks, I have got to do everything in my body to encourage you. You have a voice. You need to go vote. You need to get involved, and you need to really encourage your friends and family to look at the difference in the platforms. So this is just one of those things that I just want to continue to encourage you with, and I know that God has a greater plan. And when you look out there again, when you look at what's going on, when you even look at what's going on in New York, they just passed a law in the city that requires cops. They've overrode The city council, like 50 members, overrode their mayor's veto of a bill that makes cops, whenever they intervene with anything, they have to give a written report, describe who was there, describe their sex, their nationality, all these things they've got to do. And instead of walking down, for example, a beat and just seeing a young man, a couple young men seeing in in a little fight, they just started a fight. Now you've got to sit there and give a detailed report which delays you from going down to the rest of the beat. And again, there are times when you can just step up, a police officer could just step up and break something up, and it's over. It's a non-incident, right? And so I just want to take another, we're going to take our first break. This is Clint Day from St. Simons Island, Georgia on WCGA. We'll be right back. Okay, ready? All right. Welcome back to Speak Truth and Love. Clint Day from St. Simons Island, Georgia, and I'm trying to encourage you 
to get out and vote and get involved and be have your voice heard. And right now is the time. It's you know that the election they seems like many months away, and it's probably true. But the fact of the matter is, we got to start working right now. It's time. It's time to get action going, knocking on doors, talking to friends, encouraging them to vote. And I, I just think about a young person, family member that's in my family. And I remember when BLM first started up, uh, Black, Black Lives, so-called Black Lives Matter. I believe truly that these organizations, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, were there to disrupt things. They were there by design to make, look, make it look like Trump was not in control, things were in, out of order. And they were just looking for the right incident with the George Floyd incident to raise their ugly head. And I remember a family member wrote me on Facebook saying, you know, Uncle Clint, you're wrong, and you, you just can't do what you're doing, you know, about BLM. And I, I told this person that they're communist organization. Their founders are communist. And when you think about communist organizations, I mean, that's how they took over Russia. That's how they take over places. They get, they get disorder. They create chaos. They look for that opportunity to take over and try to bring back what they called order by forcing it. They don't allow it to happen. They force it by killing people, literally killing people. And BLM and Antifa and what they did, they created that confusion. They allowed the press to jump in on it and to make things seem like we're in chaos in this country and that the only answer is, is Biden, is somebody else in that White House. And I'm just telling you, it's amazing. It's classic out of the books that have been written about how to overthrow governments. It's a classic way they do it. So going back to the to Republican and Democrat platforms, I mean, just go down the list of things that you think about that are important to you. Let's just, not right now, the big issue they say is immigration. What's the difference? What's the policy of the parties? Why are the Democrats allowing and it's Biden. He's got all the laws he needs to enforce our border laws. He doesn't, he, it's amazing. They spin it. They try to make it Republicans that are not taking responsibility for it by the fact that they created the problem. He creates the problem. And now he's trying to blame House members for not funding him enough. And that's why the border's out of control. And he's got the press coming in on it. They're joining him, joining Biden by saying exactly what the sound bites he wants out there. Now think about this. You created the problem. You start letting people flow in, over 2.5 million people a year, at least roughly 8 to 10 million people that he's allowed in this country illegally. They're here illegally. We love legal immigration. The regrettable part for a lot of countries is they get a lot of brain drain, doctors, lawyers, whoever, leaders, professors, that leave their country and, and developing in the developing world, and they come here. So naturally, they got an education. A lot of them get educated here in America. They love the lifestyle. They love the freedom. They love the freedom of religion. They love the freedom of speech. So they all want to come here. So instead of going back to their own country, they settle here, and they have a brain drain from their country. And right now what we're having is Venezuela and these countries are releasing their prisoners. George Soros and his group are paying for them to come here. And they're usually, mostly, 
like 80% of them, fighting-age men. Okay, think about that. And in the meantime, our enemy, China, is allowing fentanyl and other illegal drugs that they're, they're fabricating, they're making, to come in this country, and over 100,000 mostly fighting-age men every year. Now, Joe Biden's helping this, okay? With the, with the border broken, he's allowing this to happen. Do you realize 100,000 year a year, mostly fighting-age men in America, die from drug overdoses? 58,000 people and men, mostly, died in the whole Vietnam War. Now, think about that. 58,000 in the whole Vietnam War. How many years was that? Every year, 100,000, mostly young men, are dying from drugs that originated in China, that come through Mexico. And folks, I mean, when are we going to wake up? When are we going to say that is enough? We are tired of that. When are the Democrat, when's the Democratic Party, people that believe that they're Democrats, lifelong, whatever, when are you going to say that it, enough is enough? And, and we've, we've seen the criticism of mayors and others that are upset about what Abbott's done. He's dealing with millions. You're dealing with tens of thousands. He's dealing with millions. How'd you like to be him? And we know why they're doing it. Because they believe someday there's going to be amnesty. And we know it takes roughly three generations for someone to become kind of split in their vote. So in other words, the first generation is going to be heavily Democrat. Most of the time they're coming from a socialist country. I mean, we're getting hundreds of people a day from China. Now think about that. Why? They're not from South America. They're not from Central America. They're from China. Now, what in the world would they be coming to America? How do they have the resources to do that? Somebody's have, having to help pay for them. And again, I go back to the reality. We welcome people that come here legally, but we do not want people that come here illegally. They're breaking our laws. And when they do, there is going to come a time We've heard plenty of people like Isaiah warning everybody. 10% of the people listen to him. There's going to come a time that that woe, that judgment by God is going to take place in America. And, I, and again, I think about fellow Christians. I mean, like 81% of white evangelicals vote Republican and like 90% of black so-called evangelicals, even though they don't have Protestant is they don't really call them evangelicals. They probably should because a lot of them have, the blacks have, as Christians, have the similar worldview that I would, from a, especially from a social standpoint. They may be more liberal on some other things, but socially they would be very similar to me. And they see the world as I do from that biblical worldview, but yet overwhelmingly they still vote Democrat. And so, again, I ask you the question, what is it going to take? What is it going to take for America to wake up? And in the Hispanic community, same thing. There was a lot more people that voted Republican this time because of Trump. They really did like him. And now next time, I think it's going to even be better. But those votes matter. When you think about 44,000 pe people, different votes would have put potentially Trump in office. That's what it's going to take. And I just think, again, you're, when you look at the, the reality of where we are in this country, and our country's saying to itself, where are we going to go from here? People see what's going on, again, with abortion, with, ch with gender identifications, 
with what's going on in immigration, what's going on with our the crime in our cities. And I just think about who is hurt the most in the crime that's rampant, especially in our cities. Who is hurt the most? Who's the one that needs the protection? When I think about the police officers in uh, the city of New York, think about it. They had on Fox News this morning, I saw a report of a mother who had lost her daughter, randomly was shot, 12 years old, walking to school, randomly was shot. No one was ever prosecuted. They didn't find out who the person was. And yet it's because they're keeping the police too busy with chasing petty stuff when they should be allowed to protect the people they're, they're assigned to protect. So we're going to take another quick break. This is Clint Day from St. Simons Island on WCGA 1100. We'll be right back. Okay. All right. All right, let's be ready to go. Welcome back to Speed, Truth, and Love. Clint Day from St. Simons Island, Georgia. And one of the other things I just want to remind people of is to, again, look at that platform, Republican versus Democrat. What do you really see? What are people believing and not believing about those platforms? Now, let's look, let's look at the issues. Obviously, abortion, you know, we're pro-life conservatives, and the uh, Democrats are obviously pro-choice, so-called pro-choice. And again, I just want to ask you every time, when you think about a baby being born, if you want it, it's my baby. If you don't want it, it's a product of, product of conception, whatever they call it. And I recently saw an article where the president, former president of, of uh, Planned Parenthood, was going through brain cancer. And so she's got a death sentence on her. She's going to die of brain cancer. And yet she's still fighting for, the, for that evil. And it's amazing when you think about where people are in this country we can go back to Romans 1, which I've shared many times on this program. But I go back to Romans 1. And so, so God's Word says there's nothing new under the sun. In Ecclesiastes, it talks about this. But I'm going to read this, and I'm going to ask you to really listen to what Romans 1 talks about. And I'm only going to read 16 through 32. And I want you to think about Paul, who's writing this letter to the Romans, and he's seeing this type of thing around his world at the time. But he also knows this, that if we don't turn it around, there's going to be consequences. So verse 16 through 32, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is a power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith, as it is written, the one who is righteous will live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of those who by their wickedness suppress the truth. Now, are you seeing too many people in, caught up in weakness, wickedness suppressing the truth? Verse 19, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. Verse 19 again, God's shown it to them. Going back to 20, ever since the creation of the world, his eternal power and divine nature understood and seen through the things he has made. So they are without excuse. They're without excuse, folks. We're without excuse. We believers, Republican, Democrat, we are without excuse. Verse 21, 
For though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their senseless minds were darkened. Again, folks, senseless minds. Think about the senseless minds that are being developed by rejecting God's word. Again, verse 22, claiming to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling a mortal human being or birds or four-footed animals or reptiles. So they built idols. They made idols with animals. Verse 24, therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the degrading of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. And folks, again, think about how many people are looking to other things besides God to worship, and they're worshiping the the creature versus our God. Verse 26, for this reason God gave them up to degrading passions. Now think about that, degrading passions. Think about what 12 years of Obama. Okay, wait a minute. We don't have had 12 years of Obama. Yeah, we had eight years of Obama. And everybody in the White House with Biden is a, is Obamaite. We've had 12 years of Obama. Can our country survive this 12 years? Can we, can we afford another four years of Obama? Folks, we cannot afford this. Again, for this reason, God gave them up to degrading passions. Think about it. Biden and Obama were for, quote, traditional marriage before they got elected. After they got elected, guess what? They changed their mind. And they, they, they decided they wanted to influence the Supreme Court, especially Obama, toward gay marriage. And folks, no matter what it says, what anybody says, the word of God is very clear that marriage is between a man and a woman. I don't care what our laws say. I don't, want to, I don't care what the Supreme Court says by one vote. Remember, one vote allowed abortion, and one vote can reverse gay marriage, which is destroying our families. Folks, it's another way to destroy our families. We know the first representation of government was basically your family. And we have a lot of people today say, well, we Christians, we don't need to be involved in politics. We need to let those evil people, you know, take care of that. But, folks, if you're called to be in politics, you better get involved as an elected official or supporting someone or calling your elected official to influence them. But going back to the Scripture, I'll go back to 26, Romans 1, 26. For this reason God gave them up to degrading passions. Think about the degrading passions you see in this country. Their women exchanged natural intercourse for unnatural. And in the same way, also the men gave up natural intercourse with women, were consumed with passion for one another. Men committed shameless acts with men and received in their own persons the due penalty for their error. Now, folks, again, when you do something sexually against your own body, you are destroying, you are hurting the Holy Spirit. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are grieving the Holy Spirit that lives in you. And think about this. They try to convince us that Romans was written by Paul, not Jesus. 
they want to talk about, did Jesus ever say anything about homosexuality? But you and I know, they talk about the red. Where does it, where's the red in it? The fact of the matter is, this, this scripture is inspired, so really the whole book should be in red, if you really think about it. So Paul's writing this, and again, he's saying the penalty, their own person due to death penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit, verse 28, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, gave them up, God gave them up that debased mind and things that should not be done. They were filled with every kind of witness, wickedness, evil covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, craftiness. They are gossip, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, rebellious toward parents. Hey, see much rebellion toward parents lately? Foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. They know God's decree that those who practice such things deserve to die? And that's not a question mark. I kind of gave it a question mark. I'm going to reread verse 32. They know God's decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. Yet they're not only do that, do them, but even applaud others who practice them. Now think about it, folks. How many times do you see Biden and his crew, the Democratic Party, applauding things that are evil? And I just want to warn you, like Isaiah, he warned the remnant, 10% listened. Where's the other 90%? Where are you? So let's take another quick break. This is Clint Day from St. Simons Island, Georgia. We'll be right back. So we have two more sevens. Okay, thank you. All right, let's go. Welcome back to Speak Truth and Love. Clint Day from St. Simons Island, Georgia. And I just want to remind you, uh, I'm WCGA 1100 too, and I just want to remind you, here's the reality, that, you know, a lot, of, a lot of what I'm saying to you is, you know, Clint, are you really showing love to someone when you tell them the truth like this? And, and I really believe I am. I really believe that people in this country, in this community, in Georgia, around the United States, need to hear the truth. The truth will set you free like we've already been talking about. And I think about people that go, well, you're not being very loving toward people when you, when you say something like this. And the fact of the matter is, is, guys, every time I've ever violated the Word of God, I paid a price. Every time. And there's not, there's not only half the time, it's every time I violated his word, I've learned to regret it. And so that's why I want to encourage you, please listen to what the word of God says. But just go down the list of where Republicans and Democrats are. Artificial intelligence, I think both of them right now parties seem to be more pro it, right? But there's also a lot more questions about it, especially since Elon Musk has come up with some kind of implant you can do. Now, what are they going to do? They're going to start putting implants in all of us and telling us who to vote for, telling us that we're really not hungry, telling us where we got to live. Now, there's going to be benefits of it. There's always benefits. Somebody that had a stroke, maybe they can help rebuild part of a brain or bring parts, things they forgot, maybe back to them. But think about it's all part of the process that we know the Word of God says is going to happen in the end times. It's going to happen. How about path to citizenship? Okay, so in other words, if you come here illegally, 
while other people are waiting in the line, you come here illegally, we're going to put you in front of the line, and we're going to let you become a citizen. Obviously, the Democrats want that. Republicans say, no, that's not right. And a lot of people out there that are immigrants to this nation that did the thing, did things right, they're upset about that too. So you're voting Democrat. You came here from a socialist country, many of you, and you're voting Democrat because that's the way you think you should vote. And again, it goes back, I know it goes back to the perception of the Democrats helping with election or, or changes for civil rights and things like that from the 60s. That's what a lot of people I hear say. But that Democratic Party is not the same Democratic Party of today by any means. They have gone much further left, and they try to convince you that we've gone, as Republicans, way right. The reality is the pendulum always has a natural desire to swing to the left. If the pendulum was in the center in 1964, that was the center when civil rights and other things came about. If that's the center of it, it's always moving to the left, even the Republican Party, even though the society and the media try to make, convince you it's further to the right. That's not reality. Things continue for whatever reason. God is allowing things to move to the left. They can move to the right if our pastors and other people would stand up and speak the truth. Student loan debt. How about this? It appears that the Democrats want to eliminate all debt if you made the choice of going to college or whatever, further education, and putting up a lot of debt. Most Republicans don't agree with that because the bottom line is that, that just to let the government pay your debt for you. We can't do that. We're already 100000 at least $100,000 per person in debt. How do we add more debt that someone else created that's not our responsibility? Again, those are examples. How can you say that's okay? Um, American socialism, again, most, most Republicans would be totally against that, but that's where the Democratic Party wants to go. D.C. statehood. Um, there's not a there's there's more and more Democrats want that uh, Puerto Rico statehood, but we know folks if we do that that's just four more uh, U.S. senators for Democrats and four more whatever number of House members that would be death penalty if you commit a murder and you kill someone uh, Democrats tend to not want the death penalty Republicans tend to be pro that and again when you've done a crime you ought to pay for it. Again, I just can't imagine these families in these liberal series, cities and liberal states when someone's been killed or whatever and there's no justice. Uh, uh, again, the recent uh, situation with the four police officers uh, being attacked by immigrants in New York, all four of them that they caught, they couldn't find the other five, they caught four of them. They were, out, they were without, out of jail within 24 hours. No bail, no bail. So again, how would you feel about that? You know, your, your dad got, he's a cop, he got beat up, walked the streets of New York by eight, nine thugs. They found four of them. Within 24 hours, he was on, they're back on the street. If they'll do it to a cop, what are they going to do it to individuals? Again, lo lower the voting age. Again, Democrats want 16-year-olds to vote. Obviously, Republicans don't. It's bad enough 18-year-olds vote. I think about when I was 18, I was a liberal nut. And by 21, 22, I was starting to come around. But the reality is, until you start paying taxes and owning your own house or paying your own rent, you don't, you don't understand what it's all about. How about gun laws? Democrats, if, if you want, if, if I'm in a city 
I want the ability to protect myself. I want the equalizer because I'm not capable of taking on someone that weighs 250 pounds, and neither are most people. So what are you going to do about that? I mean, think about guns. Think about your right to bear arms to defend yourself. They say one reason Japan did not come to the United States, no invasion of America, one reason we've never had an invasion here, like since the U.K., Great Britain, is because we own guns. We have the right to have guns. That's one reason they don't want to come over here. They know if they come here, there are going to be people everywhere with guns. Over in Israel, when they came over, the Hamas came across the border. One reason they came over there because they knew those people didn't have a gun in their house. If they'd have been in their little, their safety spot in their house with a gun, you think those Hamas guys would have been coming over there acting, knocking on the door? Those doors didn't even have locks because if something happens, the, the IDF wants to be able to get in those houses. Those people were not protected. They didn't have guns. And so, but the Army did, but the Army wasn't there. So I just want to take, we're going to take another quick break. This is Clint Day from St. Simons Island, Georgia on WCGA 1100. We'll take a, we'll be right back. Okay. Ready? And I want to conclude on this. Uh, welcome back to Speak Truth and Love. Clint Day from St. Simons Island, Georgia on WCGA 1100. And I, I want to conclude, we talked a little bit about Israel and just the reality of what's going on over there, folks. And our country, our, our Republicans tend to be more pro-Israel. It's the only democracy in the Middle East. All the other countries are run by dictators, mostly. And they try to claim they're, they're democratic, but they're not. Turkey's run by a dictator now. But think about this. A country that turns their back on Israel, the consequences of that. So you got the Democratic Party, who tends to be, they're acting, Biden's acting like he's pro-Israel, but he's really not. He's just doing it. He's got his own political reasons. Republicans tend to be more pro-Israel. But both types, Republicans and Democrats, have done things against Israel. Every administration, Bush one, tried to force Israel into peace deals in Madrid. Within weeks or within days of him forcing them to sign, giving away more of Israel, there was a major storm that wiped out his house in Maine. Major storm. And, and Clinton comes along, does the same thing, forces, try to force, and of course then Bush one didn't win re-election when he should have. He really should have. So Clinton comes in, does the same thing. The so-called Oslo Accords tries to force things. Bad things happen in America. Then the same Bush, Bush two, same thing. He tries to force a peace deal on Israel, and he doesn't do it. And then we have Hurricane Katrina. There's always a consequence of what we're doing. And right now, you know, what was Trump doing? Trump was doing everything, in my view, to support Israel. I mean, you know, the Golan Heights. I mean, it's obvious you can't give the Golan Heights back to Syria. They'll sit up there and shoot missiles at you. Sharon, how about Sharon, prime minister of Israel, when they gave up Gaza control? What happened to him within weeks? When he forced all the Jews out of Gaza, which they, that's their homeland. That is on the map as their homeland. When they forced him out, he has a major stroke and dies. That's in Israel. So you don't want to go against Israel. You don't want to go against Israel. I am warning you. I'm not Isaiah by any means, but Isaiah makes it very clear. Other prophets, 
Do not go against Israel. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in, your, in all your families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you, you can deny the word of God. You can do that all you want. You can try to tell me that that ain't true, but I 100% believe it. It is the word of God. It never changes, and that's one thing great about the word of God. It never changes. It shows you the rules. Yes, there's grace in Jesus Christ, but it shows you the rules to play life with, and when you live in, that, in those boundaries that God has set up, your life will be blessed. If you get outside that boundary, that's your choice. He gives you a limited free will. He lets you do that. Just like a good parent, you're going to say, children, this is the boundaries. If you go outside of it, there are going to be consequences because you want to save their lives. And that's the way it is with God. He wants to show us the boundaries he's chosen so he can bless us. It's not, it's not to hold us back. It's not to limit us. It's to give us freedom, freedom that will change you. And I, that's one reason I'm such a believer and what I believe is that faith in Jesus Christ is the most important decision you can ever make. And when you think about a two-state solution, wouldn't you really think that Gaza was an attempt at that? Think about it. Gaza was given the opportunity to elect who they wanted. They kick out the PLO, and they elect a group that is worse in Hamas, and now they want a two-state solution, if I was Netanyahu, I would say exactly what he's saying. It ain't possible. It's not going to happen. There is no two-state solution. All it would do is put a cancer in Israel's side that would be there every day with so-called immunity as a country. And, folks, I'm telling you, it is not going to happen. That little country the size of New Jersey, 10, 10 million or less people, they deserve to be where they are because God says that's, that's their land. And their land goes from the Nile River over in Egypt, up into Lebanon, over the Euphrates, to the Euphrates River toward Iran, down into Saudi Arabia. And you mark my words, there will be a day that you'll see those lands restored in a supernatural way. I guarantee you. Just like your favorite football team, I've said this before, your favorite football team, you watch the game and you... You, you miss the game and you're recording it. And then you go to a wedding and you come back and you say, somebody says, well, so-and-so won. We, we won. We, well, you're like, well, I didn't want to know we won, but okay, now that I know we won, we won. So I'm going to watch the game now. That's the way it is. The Word of God says what's going to happen. It's going to happen. And just like the video you watch, and it's great. It's fun because you know your team won. That's the way the Bible is. We win as Christians in the end. So I want to share with my Democrat friends that are Christians that are voting Democrat. You have got to vote. you got to change your vote to Republican. Republicans are by no means perfect, but they're not anti-God. They're not anti-your life. They're not anti-your freedom. They are pro-God, pro-your freedom. And I know God's not a Republican. He's whatever he wants to be. I heard this last weekend. We, we hear about the language of love. And we've heard about the different things Gary Chapman writes about. I heard a pastor say 
Do you know what the love language of God is? You know what it is? What's the love language of God? Have you ever thought about that? I thought it was an interesting question. This pastor said, obedience. So who are you going to obey? You're going to obey traditions that take you in a direction, in my view, of destruction? Are you going to change your ways and vote for a party and a people? Again, I'm not saying any, any candidate's perfect. They're not. But what is the vision they have for this country? And I want to encourage you to get out there. You have a voice. You have the ability to vote. You have to. We are fortunate in this country to still have that ability. So I want to encourage you to do that. And again, think about where our country's going and where do you want your children and grandchildren? What kind of world do you want? And I know you want the best for them. I do too. I want what is best for our country. And our country has founded on those Christian principles, no matter what the revisionist historians try to convince us of, about different faiths of different founders. And it is amazing. It's, they always want to try to lie about these folks that founded our country too. And what they gave up, they, most of them gave up just about everything financially to fight for our freedom. And what are we going to be willing to fight for? Are we willing to fight for that freedom and maintain that freedom? And again, if you're voting Democrat and you're a born-again believer, I ask you to change that vision that you have and be obedient. Be obedient to God. Again, I'm not. Republicans are not perfect. We are not perfect. But our view, our worldview, is much more consistent with the biblical worldview. There's no question about it. When you look at Genesis 1 through 11, if you do not believe what that word says about God's creation, about a great flood, and about other things that have happened, even Genesis 12, like we talked about, then your worldview is going to be skewed. And that's why they want to take our schools, education. Again, Republicans tend to be more pro-choice for school education. You know, we want the voucher, if you will, for you to send your child to any school that you want. That's what we want. We want that freedom in that education process. So, again, I just want to thank you for hearing me out. And I want you to hear that I'm really trying to speak with love to my Christians out, friends out there, that if you're voting Democrat, I want you to rethink it and vote Republican because they are pro-family, pro-God, from my view, pro-Second Amendment, pro-life. Again, God's not a, he's not, he's not a Republican. I understand that. What are you doing to show God that you're going to be a faithful servant and obey what he tells you to do? And again, thank you for everyone for listening to me today. I want to thank you, WCGA 1100 AM, for this opportunity. And I want to encourage you to remember every day is a God day.